seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 207 of Color of Magic, your magic gaming podcast where we talk about all types of issues that affect gamers at and away from your gaming tables and computers. As always, I am your host, Daquan Watson, with my utterly sexy lower voice today, and my co-host, Brian Allen. How's it going? See, I'm used to having the deepest voice right here. Were you in the smoking section or what was happening? Dude, I definitely don't. I'll be honest, like, the, the few times I've had to play poker in places that are really smoke heavy, I hate it. Like I literally come home and just strip my clothes off and go straight into the shower. I hear you. Like I just, uh, even just smelling the smoke on myself on the way home is already a lot. Like, so yeah, I definitely only try to go to places that are minimal smoking, if any, cause like, you know, a lot of Vegas casinos have some smoking and they have the vents to try to suck it up. So it's not everywhere, but some are way worse than others. But no, I actually dodged it for the most part. I think it was just talking to a lot of people. I mean, there was a lot of discussions I had, a lot of people wanting to come up and talk about things on the content, ask questions about Commander. Like, it was just it was just really fun all around, just very active and engaging. So, you know, if I got to have a little bit of a raspy voice or whatever, I'm, I'm down with it. That's a fair trade. But before we get into everything, got to tell everybody, go check out our friends over at CoolStuffInc.com. They're great people, and I will tell you, the owner is actually invested in the projects the company's doing with us as creators shows up to the conventions and, you know, make sure to say hi to everybody. Like they're just really good people all around. If you didn't know, they also have command fest Orlando coming up. So you can check that out online and get tickets. That's uh, I believe two weekends away from now. So go enjoy that. It's going to be a great event. And if you just want to buy stuff and you can't be in Orlando, check out their website. They have lots of nerd stuff for all types of things. And you can save 5% on your order by just using code DRAGON at checkout. If you want to just go ahead and help us out directly, you can also do that over at patreon.com slash color of magic, just like Halvar's Bridge and get a shout out there. And Halvar's Bridge has actually been a follower since June 2020. That's a long Respect. time. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for being one of our, our older regulars there. Because 2020 and, was 10 years long. <laughs> Yeah, it ain't lying. See, it's only been three calendar years, but it's like 10 dog years. I think is how they try to describe yeah. that. So, like, yeah, long time. And you can always go to colorofmtg.com slash shop if you want to pick up a couple of nice things for yourself. But that is going to bring us to the soapbox because I think we have some things to uh, get off our gripe machines here. And, okay, this one... I'm using myself as an example because I like to do that when I can. But this this bothered me. Because, okay, let me set the stage a little bit. I, I have somebody. I, okay, I'm, I'm trying to get some custom music made for a few different reasons. But I decided I'm going to reach out and work with some people. And I always try to support people in the community I'm looking for do work in first, right? So in this case, I'm trying to find magic and, and gaming musicians or people that create music, beats, digital stuff, whatever, that can help me out. Not a big deal. I reach out. I went through a few folks last time. I found somebody that looked like we were going to be able to work, had the right style of music, all that good stuff. We went back and forth for about five months. I say back and forth. It's really only been probably like 
10 exchanges of communication at that time because a person's just bad about communicating, which sucks because I was ready to throw money their way. And I thought it was going to be a perfect setup. And we even went back and forth a couple of times where I'm like, oh, this is almost perfect. And he's like, great, I got you. And that I think was like six weeks ago. So I'm just like, you know what? I got to find other people so I can just move forward, put this project behind me. So I put out another call out, right? Said, here's what I need. Here's why I'm looking, you know, typical stuff. My DMs are open. If you or somebody, you know, wants to do business, hit me up. So I wake up this morning and there's a few people that did the whole, which, okay, first off, if somebody tells you, hey, if you want to do business, follow these instructions, follow the instructions, please. Like when I wake up and there's a bunch of people just tagged or people saying like, oh, I could do this or blah, blah, whatever. Why don't I have a DM from you? Let's start working. I told you specifically in the, in the tweet, this is what I need. If you're one of these people, DM me. I don't want to keep coming back to the thread and following people and doing all that. Like, let's get to business, right? Cause otherwise my DMs are going to be filled up with a bunch of bots or people from like outside communities or whatever. And I want to deal with those people second. If I can't find somebody else in our community first, that being said, I wake up on top of all this. There's this person who posted three, four tweet response. And immediately I'm like, okay, what's up with this person? Because this isn't the type of thing you would go posting all this about. But they're apparently just going in on how I should be looking on these other websites, which by the way, I already know there's sites that sell music. I already know sites where there's free music. I'm looking for something custom for very specific reasons. I'm not an idiot. But that being said, okay, maybe you assumed I didn't know. And then goes in on, we well, should be using those. So you can just get some cheap music or whatever. Instead of trying to use musicians for an AI sounding board, if you don't know what you want already, which I do very clearly know what I want. I even have links to sample tracks that I use right now. So they know the type of thing, the flavor and the feel of what I'm looking for. So I don't even know where that comes from. And then follows up with, it just seems like you're trying to get stuff for free. And that's where I took offense. Like I'm literally, dude, bruh, I'm laying in bed offended and I didn't even rolled out of bed yet. I just looked at my phone and I'm like, okay, well now I got to respond. Right. Cause I literally do, dude, I ain't joking. You know, we talk about having receipts. I literally have receipts, not figurative receipts, literal ones where I have paid artists, d- computer tech folk, d- musicians, whatever, when I've done stuff related to my content. So like that for real offended me. Cause I'm like, look, I have artists I have actually helped get out of other, like one dude who's a tattoo artist. I got him out of that entirely. He does artwork for gaming stuff now. He even has his own comic book line. I have another artist that tried to do work for me. I actually asked her if that price was accurate because it was too low. And I've worked with her since to help her get paid more. I had another artist recently did some stuff for me. Was surprised I even left a tip because they normally don't get paid that much. So to come at me when I'm trying to lift people up in the community and give art projects and different things to people and have people shocked that I'm paying, like, I'm like, hold up. You obviously don't know me or anything about me. So I, I left a little bit of a gruff response because I, I was trying to like, you know, still got to be professional, but man, I, I, I don't, I don't go ghetto very often, but I almost did. But I was like, you know what? Vegas was a good time. I probably got a new a lot of new followers. I don't need them seeing me with, with my bad self. <laughs> so let me just put something together here, right? So I put the response up. Basically told the person, look, you don't know nothing about me. 
I don't even have a history like that. I don't know where this is coming from. But if you don't want to do business, cool. Get out the way so me and other people can do business. But this brought up something I wanted to talk about anyway. And it's the number of people that go jumping into discussions when they don't know anything. Like the number of people I've seen just come in guns blazing on these conversations when they don't know the context, they don't know any history. They don't hell, they haven't even bothered to read the just the post before them on the thread. And it's like, don't be surprised if people are taking shots at you when you don't even know who you're addressing. And these same people are they're not, they're never gonna leave an apology. They're either just not going to say anything or they're going to double down on their idiocy. So don't even bother getting into that concern because that ain't coming. But I just did not understand. Like, So I re- retweeted it this morning just for extra reach, whatever. Even had all the extra links. But, you know, like some people are like, well, you know, you could explain more or whatever. Like, well, I'm not making like a three-hour tweet like if you have a question just send me one my dms are open for that reason to do business and like i said if people need references i got it but it was just like man now don't get me wrong i do get there's a lot of people out there that try to do the whole well you know you we'll just put your name on all of our videos or we'll, we'll put you up on our website you know that crap but i ain't one of those people i ain't never been one of those people Hell, the few times I can think of where I didn't pay for a thing, we exchanged service. We basically barter trade, right? We exchanged services that each other needed. So that's like payment. But I've never just told somebody it's like it's just for exposure. Like I ain't that person. So yeah, I woke up a little offended this morning. I ain't gonna lie. I was not gonna say I was mad, but I was I was getting that direction. And I don't even get mad that often. But that that felt like somebody was trying to take shots, rolling into a conversation they knew nothing about. So I'm just, if I could impress anything on people is that if you're going to jump into a discussion online, at least just take a second to understand the context of the conversation and the people involved that you're going to be responding to. Sure, it'll take you an extra two or three minutes to read a couple things, but your experience for you and them is just going to be much better. All right, I got that off my chest, Brian. It's your turn. All right, uh, Hassan Minaj, who apparently is, I think, up for The Daily Show, and also he had a show on Netflix called Patriot Act that you may have seen. He's kind of under fire right now for apparently having just completely made up several of the anecdotes he has shared in his comedy specials. And it's just, it's it's a unique situation because to some extent, I think we all know a comedian is making some stuff up. Like, you know, the, we don't really want you to take our wife, please. Or insert, you know, like, I mean, like somebody mentioned like Richard Pryor does a bit about how, you know, his dad died apparently during, uh, well, during sex. For, there's no way around that, really. And uh, nobody's fact-checked that. I don't know if it's true. I don't care if it's true. I've enjoyed the jokes already. Now, obviously, Hassan's thing is a little bit different because, you know, he has shared some very, you know, in the midst of doing comedy, he shared kind of what are some serious anecdotes, like saying his daughter was exposed to anthrax or something that they thought was anthrax that apparently did not happen. He apparently, I guess, uh, has a story about running into somebody that's an undercover agent, I guess, trying to find Muslim terrorists or something that also apparently didn't happen so it's 
it's a, a very bizarre situation because again, there is to an extent, you know, I think we all know comedians are embellishing or, you know, exaggerating and doing things to take it from just a humorous story to the level of a joke. But he kind of exaggerated the parts that aren't funny, the parts, you know, that are poignant and, and go for the heartstrings. And part of it is because, you know, he has somebody that does kind of like Patriot Act, Daily Show type stuff. C- comedians, you know, John Stewart will tell you he didn't ask for this role, but because, as he's mentioned, so few people in the cable news industry were actually doing it, comedians to some extent have become revered as journalists. We we didn't ask for that role. We didn't, you know, we didn't want that role. It's just the Daily Show became so many people's actual source of news because they couldn't trust what they were seeing on or say network tv or, or reading in some newspapers it's 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 wild times and now that some people are saying that he should he should lose that or lose his bid to host the daily show because of this like i don't know why i feel I, I know that i don't feel that strongly about it i think he'll Obviously, he's already done a couple of sets since then he's changed his comedy he hasn't done any more of the you know weepy anecdotes that didn't happen and i'm assuming he isn't going to but i guess we'll stay tuned and and see how all that turns out man i don't know that's like i mean i kind of get where they're coming from mike because we kind of only are doing this podcast because nobody else was doing it you know what i mean so i kind of get that like it's not like a thing i just woke up and went i want to do this and be the top of our game and this is the way we're going to get there just kind of like you know this would be good to do and other people aren't doing it let's do it but now that you say it, like I kind of assumed when I watch stand-up comedians that there's embellishments happening, right? Like, yeah, not like, and it's weird because until you just shared this, right? I'm sitting here thinking, like, was there any point where I thought these stories were all real? Like, I mean, like all things, there's some realism to them, but yeah. I think the stories were 100 accurate. No, not even once. Like, like you're saying, like even Richard Pryor, he does a whole bit where like the dog's talking to him and all, yeah. stuff, right? Like, like obviously none of that happened. Like, it's just to make the story funny. Like, now, I, he, he might have smoked so much crap that he thought the dog was talking to him. That's, that's completely so possible. But like, even even when I watch content on online, right, on YouTube or TikTok or whatever, like, I assume some people are editing stuff creatively or they're filming stuff in certain locations to make something look better or whatever, like. That's just the art of performance. I never yeah. really assumed all those are 100% accurate. Like, I, I think so much, so much of it is because, you know, we've seen this marriage of news and comedy that we didn't, you know, nobody was prepared for this. Obviously, people like Sarah Night Live have done satire for decades, but really, The Daily Show kind of took it to a whole other level. And as I mentioned, it kind of coincided with the rise of, you know, let's for lack of, we'll just, I'm going to call the name, Fox News other news sources, you know, that you just didn't feel like you could trust. So people, as I said, John Stewart didn't, it wasn't trying to be the best reporter in the room. Some days it happens. And as he said, he, it wasn't anything he sought out. It's just what happened because in so many cases, the daily show is taking on stories that most news magazines don't get to. Cause you know, they're too busy talking about who Taylor Swift is dating sometimes. Yeah, that's wild. I, man, that's weird. Now I kind of wondering, like, how many people just assumed every story a comedian told 
is under, or assumed that every video you see is exactly how it happened, you know, when they recorded it. Like, I don't, that's, I mean, I guess there's some number of people. Cause I mean, hell, we still had a bunch yeah. of people who still feel the need to tell me they think WWE is fake. And I'm like, yeah, obviously we know this. Yeah. Right. So, I, I mean, I, I guess that was a thing. Like, and like, you, like you talk about launching this podcast, a lot of it is because, you know, Hassan is somebody that has spoken out, you know, for for Asian Americans and it really has been the first person of his ethnic background to 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 travel in some of these lanes. So, we, again, probably without even meaning or wanting to do it, he has become a huge role model for so many people. And I'm sure the goal when he was 10, I know my goal was just it wasn't to be a role model. It was to be a comedian. And you just if something happens, you know, to where you happen to become a role model along the way, you weren't prepared for it. You don't know. You're like you talked about how somebody came up to you, you know, at, at an event, and I mean, just kind of was, you know, just just really in tears talking about what your content has meant to him. And we didn't, you know, that wasn't anything we planned. That <laughs> wasn't anything we prepared for. It's just oh, definitely not. Definitely not. When somebody comes up and is telling you about how they were on death's doorstep in the hospital for two months and watching your stuff every day, I'm just like, that never even crossed. Like. It's weird. Like, you know, that's a possible scenario, but you don't think about that. Like, it's just a thing that happens. And, you know, it did make me rethink some things. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, but it's not a thing I really actively considered. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I Now, to be certain, we do, you know, we understand that we have a huge platform and we try to use it, you know, for good and not for evil, obviously. I I believe that's what Hassan is doing, too, is just... He felt that he felt, you know, these stories needed to be told. And I'm, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, some of these things happened to somebody else. <laughs> and he just, hey, you know, this person isn't going to do stand up. This person wouldn't be. I know that sometimes I've had people explain things to me and like, well, you know what? They're never going to do stand up. This is, you know, I'm taking this story and I'm making something out of it. That was literally what I was about to say. Like, is it any worse if somebody takes a story or a concept from somebody else or some other thing or some event that happened, turns it into content for themselves, whatever that is, where we're talking about stand up comedy, writing a book, doing YouTube, whatever, and still gets to share that story and that message and good things still come from it. Right. Because him sharing these stories that may not have particularly happened to him or his family may have happened to a friend, a neighbor, cousin, whatever. But the end result is people still get the message. And still get to hear how bad some of those things were. So even then, I don't think I have a problem with it. Because it's not being done maliciously, as far as I can tell. And it's not like he's outright stealing something from another performer. So, yeah, I think I'm okay with this. I'm sure some other people won't be. (laughs) But I mean, he obviously has, okay. has already, he already has got, I guess, kind of changed the, the way he does his comedy. But I mean, I still think if anybody needs to be, even if he doesn't end up hosting the show, if anybody still needs to be in the loop and doing pieces for him, he's somebody that should be doing that. No, yeah. no, I mean, I would also, there, there are a lot of great comedians though there. I would absolutely love it if Roy Wood got it, for example. I would have no problem. <laughs> this is, this is me specifically endorsing anybody. This is just, dude, bruh, like, I'm going to tell all the listeners right now. If y'all ain't watched any Roy Wood Jr. Yeah, please do y'all that. Y'all need to that go is, hit YouTube right now. That is an endorsement. Please go watch Roy Wood. That dude, for real, for my money, and, and I've watched a fair amount of stand-up comedy, like, 
one of the funniest dudes that just hasn't broke big yet. Like, for real. And if you don't laugh at his stuff, I don't, like, you just don't, you don't have a funny bone, you don't have a heart, like, something's wrong with you. I, see, it's funny that you say he hasn't broken big. To me, if you got a shot to host a Daily Show, I would consider that. You, no, no, no. What, what I'm saying break. is he hasn't had one of those really big specials or hasn't had a stadium show. or whatever. He's not on that level. You know, not getting the big roles in movies. But I think he's funnier than a lot of the people that have gotten those opportunities lately. I think he's close. And yeah. I think if he lands a Daily Show thing, I think that would be the next thing that puts him over after that. So, like, I'm rooting for him. I don't know who who the lead is to get it. But man, he plus he's been with the Daily Show, I think, for like seven years already now. Something yeah, like that. He's been around a while. So. Yeah. so I'm pulling for him. But yeah, if y'all ain't watching any Roy Wood Jr., go go to the internet right now. Follow that dude on socials. He is one of the funniest follows, even on Twitter. Like, I don't know if that dude can type anything that's not funny. Seriously. But all right. We'll move on to some other things. And I think it's what did we learn time? Because honestly. I think we have some stuff that might surprise people today. This is going to be pretty good. So what do you want to start with? Yeah, it's that time of year where there's a huge amount of WWE releases. And also because, you know, they just merged with Endeavor, the company that owns UFC. So, you know, anytime that happens, more releases. But but these, this time, there, there, there were some, there were some huge names. We're like, I think, uh. Matt Riddle, probably the biggest one. And, of course, with everything he's been involved, there are allegations, I think, that he sexual assaulted somebody. There are also apparently he got into some kind of, I guess, confrontation with the TSA at an airport recently. And I think that was just the, the last Dude, straw. He's, <laughs> he's had stuff with Becky and Seth behind the scenes. And, you know, they are golden folks around there. Right. So, like, yeah, he's, he's had issues. He's uh, failed his drug tests, uh, which doesn't shock you. He, he's not playing a character to some extent. That and they always say, you know, that the best, the best character in wrestling Dude, is one that's yes, basically entrance music that just starts with, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you kind of know. You kind of know. So I mean, I don't know if AEW is going to pick him up. I don't know if they'd want to with all of the issues. That seems like you know, as we were talking about on the. As we were putting the list of stuff together, there's already so many people on AEW who don't get TV time. You could probably skip Riddle, but then again, I don't know. Maybe our, it, I, this is the thing that I guess wrestling execs have to quantify is how many viewers will follow Matt Riddle wherever Dude, he goes. I've been saying this since before, well, just as the pandemic was starting, that one of the problems pro wrestling has now is there's too much talent. Yeah. And that's a hell of a problem to have, but there's just too much talent. Like you, you can't have these rosters trying to find a way to use all the talent because there's just not enough time. They're just not. And but I will say this: gaming has been good for a lot of people because I don't know if any of the gaming creators that are wrestlers got cut. Those views they're bringing in and WWE leaning on social media a lot, I think might have protected a few folks. Also true, and I mean maybe we'll see some people that uh that left in this bunch probably getting getting to Twitch because you already one of the hardest things to do on you know Twitch or YouTube is to break through that initial push of hey who are you why should I watch you they've already got name recognition with millions of people so that would probably see some of them doing Twitch YouTube whatever social media they feel works best for their talents the other oh. big oh, go ahead. I was going to say, one of the other big names, you know, Dolph Ziggler has been there for, I think, what feels like forever. So it's just, you yeah, thought he was, was going to be. He was on year 20, I think, or coming up on yeah. it. Yeah. 
So you just felt like he was probably going to be a lifer, but no, he's uh, he has been, as, as they say in the trade, future endeavored. So I guess we'll kind of see. He's somebody probably, and his brother already is signed by AEW, so a lot of people are just assuming he'll show up. They'll become a tag team. Probably eventually one of them will betray the other one and then do some Brett Though, <laughs> Owen Hart type stuff. To be fair, around 2018, I believe, was he got into doing stand-up comedy. So he's also true. In, he's been doing that on the side. Yeah, so he he may want to go that way. There's you know, He's somebody that, again, you know, he took the platform he was offered and looked to do some other things with it. So Because I think every wrestler knows, every wrestler that's not, you know, a John Cena an undertaker knows that this day is coming yeah, even for them. You know, the day when they can't take chair shots to the head anymore is the thing that's going to happen. That's why they get into act. Dude, undertaker said straight up, like he said, he actually felt bad with his last match. Cause he knew his hips weren't just letting him go the way he wanted to. Yeah. Like he even knew. Right. And I'm, and I mean, he's, I said, as a taker fan, they should have probably put him out a long time ago, but he, he makes them so much money. So it's just, they, they couldn't. Well, yeah. It. Him just showing up is worth 10,000 tickets sold. So exactly. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. Cause like I said, when I went and looked, the gaming creators within WWE, I didn't see a single one on the list that I could recognize. That, that, that is a good catch. And I didn't, and I, I, I didn't catch that. I think a lot of it is, because for those of you that don't know, WWE had an issue, I believe it was in, also maybe in 2018, where they started to try to rein people in and say, okay, well, if we're not pushing the projects, you can't go out and just stream and do video stuff or whatever. And that obviously upset a lot of people. Some people wanted out of their contracts, all kinds of stuff. And then somewhere, maybe in the middle of the pandemic, I want to say maybe like 2020, late 21 or early 22, they came around to the idea of like, that was a bad decision we can actually get more out of this if y'all are bigger personalities. Yes. Which, duh, if they're bringing more audiences, you get more tickets sold and more merchandise sold. So, like, why wouldn't you want that? You, you need to let the talent do anything they can do to get more people to become fans. And like, and like you exactly. said, they can't put everybody on TV. Even with, you know, doing 10, 12 hours a week in some cases, you can't get everybody on TV. But they go out and put themselves on Twitch or YouTube and have a casual audience that's there just to see them. Gaming content has been so good for E. It got Tyler Breach his job back with WWE. Right. <laughs> like he's like, he went from being fired to there being this weird question of if it's cool for him to still appear on Up Up Down Down with Xavier Woods to, you know what? We should hire you back and we can use you as a co-host for some of these silly things we do online. Like, <laughs> like that's how full circle it came. It took them a while, but they realized, hey, video games are kind of in their own separate empire. They have millions of fans. And for WWE is somebody that wants to be not just a wrestling company, but an entertainment company. Oh, yeah, yeah. So obviously they're you they're want- a marketing company first that happens to have their main product be wrestling. Yeah. And I don't think people still accept that. Like, that's how they've gotten as big as they have. And this has been good for women, too, because Shayna Baszler has gotten a big audience from the Up, Up, Down, Down stuff. Yep. Like, that's been really good for her. So, great. Gaming saves some jobs. I'm all about it. Sad for the people who did lose their jobs, because sadly, anytime there's a buyout, you know that's always going to be a thing. But, you know, the good thing is that for some of them, you know, because especially if you weren't getting used on TV anyway, some of them, this is going to be the best thing that ever happened. chance to move on to something else. They can go somewhere else. They can, you know, maybe sign with another promotion and figure out kind of... Because that's what's great now. We really do have even two big companies in WWE and AEW when that wasn't even a thing we had 10 years ago. 
So now, you know, there are so many other opportunities. Impact, Impact Wrestling refuses to die despite the best efforts of its management on some occasions. Well, yeah, but if you're a wrestling, I mean, there's NWA, there's New Japan, there's, there's, hell, we have a regional one up here in the Northwest called DeFi, and they have huge names come through, like quarterly. So there's opportunities everywhere. But let's talk about some other interesting, because honestly... I gotta say, we might need to crown a new mobile gaming goat. And that ain't this ain't something I thought I was gonna say when I started putting the notes together for the show. But Candy Crush, y'all, we we gotta have a talk. Cause Candy Crush Crush might for real need to be considered goat status for mobile games. I saw some well, numbers. At this point, just gaming in general with the amount That's of money true. they're bringing in. Might even just be gaming. I don't. Th- I think. You're right. I think putting them to just mobile gaming is is almost doing them a disservice. But they had over 5 billion downloads and over $20 billion lifetime. Yeah. You combine the last 10 Avenger games, they didn't do that. That's gross, dude. Them, them are stupid numbers. Billions of downloads and billions of dollars. They have perfected the feedback loop of just, you know, hey, I'm going to crush these candies. I'm, I'm tired. I'll one more and three hours later, one more. <laughs> I just need one more piece of peppermint. Honestly, I'm looking at this and thinking, if I'm another gaming developer, especially mobile gaming, why wouldn't I be following some of the lessons from Candy Crush? Like, I mean, I, mean, I know people say, ah, but it's Candy Crush forever. $20 billion, dude. Right. Like, and here's what's wild. When when they got bought back in 2016, the number I found was $5.9 billion. And I do remember people thinking it was crazy that Activision wanted to buy them. Because they're like, ah, Candy Crush has played out at this point. Like, they missed the boat. They're buying a dead brand, whatever. Since then, like, matter of fact, just 2021, the most recent hard numbers I could find, their operating income was over $1.1 billion for just 2021. That's crazy. It basically means their actual expenses are only in the ballpark of about $100 million, and the rest is profit from $1.2 billion. People don't realize, you know, like, okay, yeah, Madden is fun. Not everybody can play or desires to play Madden. Fighting games are fun, but, you know, they're very, very complicated. Not everybody can or wants to. Candy Crush, you're pushing one or two buttons. Anybody that that can do that, anybody that, that wants to do that, can do that. Now, again, you may not, you know, there are, believe it or not, there is competitive Candy Crush. I just found that out recently. You might not be a pro. You might not want to be a pro. But, I mean, you can crush some candies. And think about how crazy this is that somebody paid six, almost $6 billion for this in 2016. And it's already basically profitable. Mm-hmm. Like, what? <laughs> and the numbers are going up, not down. There are people that wouldn't consider them gaming them gamers. There are people that play Candy Crush that wouldn't consider themselves gaming or gamers, but the, the numbers speak for themselves. They are as dedicated as anybody. It's it's nuts. And that's just the game. That's not counting any ancillary sales, merchandise, anything else related to it. That is strictly just the game. So they're probably making way more than that off the brand, for sure. And the crazier thing is, 
their numbers were something like close to $250 million or 250 million users a month are still playing the game. Which means it is far and away exceeding so many other games that come out that mm. are getting all the hype and people are talking about, you know, this is going to be the next best whatever, and it's gone in a year. Like, all I got, just round of applause, just nothing but love for the folks over at King and Candy Crush. I hope hope they got some incentives and some stock to go with that when they sold it. Because I guarantee you, everybody who worked there got paid when that got sold. Right. And it's not like they were a huge studio to begin with. So good on them, man. Candy Crush should be an example to people. I, that's Those numbers are just not right. <laughs> like So unreal. But I, nothing but love, man. Nothing but love. I, I just wanted to share that because I think people would be surprised to hear that. Hell, some people probably don't even remember Candy Crush still being around. But also true. It's out there making money right now. That is for sure. But let's talk about some fun stuff that happened this weekend. In case you didn't know, MagicCon Vegas happened last week. And if you don't know, that means you didn't listen to last week's show, so you should probably go do that. And speaking of, you're listening to this now. You could pause it, take a break, go leave us a five-star review and tell people how much you like the show, because that helps us out a lot, especially when YouTube and a- Apple and all these people are trying to decide how to recommend podcasts. Higher reviews and more common stuff does help us out a bunch, so please go do that. But yeah, dude, I, I got to be real. Vegas, this is the first time that I can remember. And dude, I'm telling you, I've done hundreds, literally, of events, conventions, tournaments, whatever. This is the first time I come back from where I actually felt tired. Like, I was worn out. I I, I think I told you off there. Like, I, I woke up on the plane when we landed, and I looked at the people next to me. And I was like, yo, I'm sorry if I was snoring. And they looked at me. It's like, nah, you weren't snoring, but we were concerned because we don't think you moved the whole flight. <laughs> I was like, damn, man, I was out. Like, that's how tired I was. But. There was so much at the show. I'll be interested to see what the final numbers were because I didn't hear any during the weekend. But they had two pretty good-sized show floors that were packed the whole time. Almost all the commander seats, you never saw more than maybe 5 to 10% of those seats open. There was somebody always looking for a table. Tons of vendors. Merchandise lines stayed long. I think there were 50 artists they invited to the show, which is crazy because we have I don't remember there being more than 30. All the artists had lines and were selling stuff. All the stuff they had on the main stage drew really well. Speaking of, if you want to see some of this, uh, you can go to youtube.com slash MTG and it should take you to their videos uh, if you want to see the stuff from the weekend. But I mean... I saw people using all the vendors, saw people eating at all the restaurants, the different booths from like Ultimate Guard, the Magic Ambassador, the the arena booths, like everybody stayed busy. Oh, I didn't even tell you, there was an IHOP integration. We found out, like maybe we talked about it last week, but it was like just before, like a week before the show or so. I did I did see that somewhere and I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, now I didn't really think much of it. Because, you know, brands all the time. We, we'll see a company just, this room sponsored by so-and-so, all right? Or, like, yep. you know, their names are on the gift bags or whatever it is. But IHOP was literally all in, dude. Like, they had a thing set up, so they were giving free water and coffee to people all weekend. They just kept reloading. 
they had a boosted up where every morning they were giving out these like little pancake plus plus uh, plus one plus one tokens with these little dice bags they had custom made. Uh, they oh they had sleeves that were made as well that had the IHOP logo and some pancakes on them. They they had these uh, I guess you would call them like big pancake cutouts, but then on the back you could uh they gave you a code and or a QR code it takes you to their their website and you download this app and then it had a code and you put that in and it gave you points to buy arena stuff in their IHOP app, which obviously is a promotion to get you to download the app, but. Yeah, even that. Like, and they were there the whole time. I played one of them in a game of arena. Like, they were all in. Like, and I'm like, man, this is how you do an activation. You got people talking about their little trinkets that they bought for sale. You, they got obviously got a bunch of mobile downloads from people trying to get the points and stuff on there. So it's like, and people were super thankful all weekend to just have the water and coffee available. Don't know what this cost them, but talking to them, they're planning on trying to do the next one as well in Chicago. So it was obviously good for everybody. So yeah, even that was a surprise. Like everything was so good. So good. There was also a video which they showed live at the show. I didn't see it live. I was told about it and people asked me if I wanted to step away to go watch it. I chose not to because I knew I'd just get emotional about it. But Brian David Marshall uh, ended up interviewing Sheldon Mennery at his house, uh, I I think it was like a week or two before he passed. It was like the last interview he did, effectively. And it was pretty inspiring. I watched it once I got home and could settle in and whatever. It was a really touching, really nice interview between friends. You know, BDM had trouble keeping it together a little bit a couple of times. I don't blame him. But yeah, it's just really cool. Also on the Magic the Gathering YouTube channel, if you want to check it out. But even that was a nice piece to have done. We also found out at the show that before all this went the way it did, he was already working with Wizards to get a secret layer done because everybody kept saying, like, man, Sheldon should probably just be on a card at this point, right? He's done so much. He's touched so many people. Like, he's obviously the godfather commander. We should have a tribute piece. Wizards agreed, so they're actually working on him with him to get some cards selected for a secret layer and working with artists to put them on the card. And they did show a piece of art that will be used. I don't quote me on this, but I believe Donata Giancola did the artwork because that was one of his favorite artists. And everybody obviously liked it, uh, but that secret layer is not done yet. They don't have the artwork in the cards and everything printed or whatever, but they did say that's coming, so people will get a chance to purchase those, and all the money from those is going to go toward uh, cancer research. So Wizards isn't keeping any of it. It's just going to be all profit or all uh, donation. So they're just going to hand it all over, which is pretty cool. So that was kind of a nice cherry on top with everything else that was going on. But dude, wild stuff. I mean, tons of people I met that had been playing for less than nine months, even for a lot of folks, which was I thought was crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. And some of the people literally them and their friends got a starter deck, learned to play, picked up one or two commander pre-cons, and then just saw that, hey, there's this thing going on in Vegas. We should go. And they somehow either road-tripped or bought plane tickets and ended up in Vegas. Like, they didn't know anything. They barely knew what was happening or the creators. They just wanted to be part of a magic thing going on in Vegas. 
And you could just see they were just deer in the headlights, overblown, didn't expect to see that many people. It was crazy. But I also looked around the room and thought, those people that keep saying, Wizards is killing the game. And I'm like, we've been hearing that since 06, right? Like, here we are more than 15 years later, still doing the same thing, buying more cards, having bigger shows. And whatever they're doing to get new players in, because it's usually multiple things, they're working. I mean, if you saw the number, a number of people, for sure, if you extended it out to two years or less, the number of people, hell, that might have been 20% of the people at the show, honestly. It was a lot of new folks, which is great. That's what you need, right? That's what you want. That's good for all of us. But man, it was just, everything was top notch. I don't, I mean, I would even say this, it was hard to find somebody not happy that weekend. And that's rare at a magic tournament because there's always somebody complaining about a thing. But yeah, everything was good. Now, are there a few things here or there? Sure, there's always going to be something, right? Because, you know, maybe an event started a little bit late or whatever. But generally, went pretty well. And I even had some conversations where people came up and wanted to ask me specifically, like, hey, I, I listened to your podcast or I've seen you on this thing or I watched your panel before. Like, you know, wanted to get in discussion about like race and gaming and content or whatever and had those conversations. Dude, I talk so much. I mean, I'm getting a little raspy now. But I had probably a 20 square foot spot, like 20 by 20, that I probably didn't even move out of for five hours because so many wow. people want to talk about different things. Yeah, it was bananas. It was bananas. So good, though. So good. The little passport thing we did where you had to find all the creators and get the stamps or whatever. People were excited about that. And that went really well. Yeah, I'm trying to think. It's not like I don't want to sound like, hey, I'm just blowing smoke up wizards. butt, but like it was a good show. I mean, there was maybe one or two behind the scenes communication things, I think I would say were problems as far as like some of the ambassadors and some of the creators, because like some of them were like a team of people, but the people at the thing only had like one creator badge for them because they didn't know and, you know, they had to work that stuff out. But otherwise, yeah, it was pretty solid. I had, I had a good time and all the players were fun. I didn't even hear about people signing up for the wrong types of pods. So people were getting blown out or nothing. People were sharing cool stories. And on top of that, you still had the world championships that happen at the event, right? Oh, we had had a, oh, dude, the cosplay contest was ridiculous. Y'all should see, check that out online too. Like, I honestly, if I've ever thought about competing in cosplay, like I can't now, like bars too high. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. like, seriously, like they had people that had like, fake fungus growing on things and people with like light up suits. And, and there was like an Atraxa that had these like glowy veins in the rings, in the wings or whatever. Like just people were off the page, man. It was crazy, but great that people are being recognized, literally winning thousands of dollars for their effort, getting to be showcased at these events, like so much positivity out of that. But yeah, world championships happen. Really good if you're talking about, you know, standard. Oh, and that's something else we get to talk about still, too. I didn't even have it in my notes. We saw that they're talking about new, doing new stuff for standard. So so that's a whole other thing. But uh, the World Championships, six different decks, which is great in the top eight. That's kind of what you want. They were all multicolor decks. So 
that wasn't so much of a surprise. I think some people always wonder is like, is mono red going to be a thing? You know, but no, this was actually pretty diverse. Mostly known names in the top eight as well, which was also pretty cool. So people had people to root for. And it was won by Jean-Emmanuel Duprat, who's a name that people had heard and had all that stuff going on. So that, that was pretty sweet too. So yeah, so far we at least have a good reference point for standard right now, at least that we're in a positive spot. But touching on that, I also want to say they did say that they have several projects coming down the pipe. They're going to be introducing uh, a tournament or an event, I guess, series to start doing at your local stores, which there will be award for the store and for the players for going and playing in these things. I believe that's going to be first quarter next year. They're going to put those into effect. They also said in February at MagicCon Chicago, they're going to be doing a huge standard tournament that's going to have $75,000 in prizes to at least get that on the main stage, get people talking about stuff or whatever. I'm kind of going through notes and trying to remember what else was happening because there's like a bunch of stuff. Uh, but yeah, basically more standard events, more prizes, more integrations at your local stores and trying to get that back on track finally. So I'm, I'm for it. I think this is all good. Like this is a lot of positive for a magic section here. <laughs> like really? So yeah, I, I mean, again, we complain about things when they mess it up, but you also got to give props when they get it right. And there was a lot they got right in the last 14 days, I would say. But man, that's a lot. I'm I am totally worried. Indeed. <laughs> but let's talk about some other stuff with Call of Duty of all things. Now, I think we mentioned recently that they're going to be introducing their AI moderation tools, which obviously got a lot of backlash from their community. A bunch of people are mad that they're not going to be able to trash talk people anymore. Which, to be honest, if you were just trash talking, nobody would really care. But when you're using all types of slurs and assaulting people's families and whatever, eh, that's a bit much. Because you know as well as I do, you can play one-on-one with people on Madden and you can have some hella conversations. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I've never told you this. One time I was playing Madden, a dude asked me straight up like, hey man, you mind if I light up? And I'm like, say what? He's like, oh, I mean, light up if I, if I light a blunt on my side. And I'm like, why? Dude, yeah. you're in Cleveland, dog. Like, <laughs> I'm in Texas. Like, <laughs> like what? You know, that's the level you get on mad. <laughs> Just out of principle, I'll be like, no. Yeah, exactly. I, was, I, I absolutely mind. It's a whole different ball. Now, and usually when people are trash talking to Madden, we're just talking about how trash your game is or because they're blowing yeah. you up and beating you by like three touchdowns or whatever. But yeah, like Call of Duty, I've said before, there's a lot of games that if they're enhanced by using audio with other strangers, I just don't play them anymore because I already know what that leads down. I don't have time for it. But I found this report that kind of explains why they decided to go down this road. And I didn't know they had this thing, but it's basically their anti-toxicity report that I guess is something they had internally for a long time. But one of the things they discovered is after doing the math, they had already in some way issued a punishment for a million accounts. Which, that's a really big number. And don't get me wrong, I know that Call of Duty has a lot of players, but a million accounts is still a really big number. Yeah. And then their follow-up was that through their current systems, from what they could identify and the people they punished, 
only 20% of them weren't reoffenders. So that means even after punishing these million people, 800,000 of them were still like, yeah, whatever. And then we're back. Right. 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 So obviously their systems weren't identifying all the right things, all the right people weren't handling it correctly, weren't, you know, and I'm assuming they're also going to use this to decide what level of punishment is probably going to be most effective or whatever. But all of this is kind of what led to that in the first place. But when people say, oh, it's not that bad or there's not that many, it's a million accounts, dude. No joke. Like, that's a lot of people. Seriously. And and that's not, and be fair, that's not even all the violators. That's a million they punish that people even bothered to report. Yeah, because everybody doesn't report. Oh, dude, I can tell you. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Like I said, everybody didn't turn to report. So people just say, hey, you know what? Back to the lobby. You just come to accept it, basically. Oh, dude, I, I had that with League of Legends where it literally got to the point where at the, not every, because that's an exaggeration, but almost every game, I had to make a decision of did I want to waste five to 10 minutes filling out the report because of something some knucklehead did last game. About half the time, yes, and about half the time, no, depending on how much time I had available. And so there's definitely something that even happened to me that I didn't report. And I reported a lot. So, like, yeah, this, this is all out of whack. So it definitely tells you how big of a problem this actually was. But they decided they're going to go forward with it. I believe November 1st, I think, is when it's going to be widespread usage. And there's some talk that they'll be sampling it in a couple of spots beforehand, probably just to work out some kinks before they just, like, unleash the floodgates on it or whatever to make sure everything's working right. But, yeah, I saw some people posting on different social media platforms that they weren't happy about this and this is going to regulate too much and all oh, the cry babies, blah, blah, you know, those people. But man, I'm, it's like I said before, like if this cleans up a lot of stuff and other companies start adopting, because I saw, was it Overwatch or somebody has talked about possibly introducing some AI stuff as well? Which makes sense because same company essentially. Yeah. So there's, if this ends up being a thing and it works and this becomes an industry standard, I might go like this might unlock. I mean, one, it's going to make me more broke because I'll be buying more games, but it's going to unlock a lot more money for some of these companies. I think, again, I don't think people realize what they don't know outside of their sphere, but I've talked to a lot of people that have the same perspective I do that have said like, yeah, if it was less of a problem or wasn't going to be as negative or whatever. Yeah, I'd probably fire it up a couple times a week. Because I tell people right now, the only reason I play, the only reason I got into Teamfight Tactics instead of playing League of Legends is because you don't have to have communication in Teamfight Tactics. You can just play it like there's some text, but hardly anybody even uses it. So you can just ignore it while you play the game and it doesn't change your experience at all. Hell, you can just turn it off and it doesn't matter. But you can't really play League of Legends without communicating with people. I mean, you can, but it's way more difficult. So there's really no point in bothering. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for this, dude. I think this is a great direction. I think this is an awesome use of AI, assuming like there will be problems for the first six to nine months, you know, till they get it all calibrated. Right. But if you get it in line the way you want, like this could be a very strong tool to help online communities immensely. Like I'm, I'm on board all the way, but we, we do have something else that was pretty interesting that people do need to be concerned about. Now, I don't know if you heard, we did talk about last week the uh, ransom attacks that happened from the hackers on on the big companies, which, man, I may have to share a private story about 
what I saw with all that because I went and actually looked at some MGM properties and they're still a mess. But gamer specific, Sony got hit. And it was a ransomware attack. And it looks like they did come in specifically for data and they did say that data will be for sale. So basically, if you have an account on Sony's network, go in, change your passwords. I would even say possibly if you can, if you have a debit card or credit card attached to it, probably put it on another card. Probably doesn't matter too much if you send your password, but, you know, just extra security if you can. But if you are using a password on there that you use on other websites, you should probably go change those passwords elsewhere as well. Because if they have access to your email address and your password that you use for that account, and those are the same on something else, they may fish around and just see if they can find you on other sites as well. Especially if somebody's going to be willing to buy the data, they're probably going to go a little deeper and try to get as much as they can. Sucks that it happened, but at least we found out what sounds like nearly immediately. Because I heard people talking about it over the weekend. So this is definitely something that if you don't know about, go in, clean up your stuff. Because, uh, yeah, this always sucks. Have you ever been caught up in one of those, Brian? Oh, I'm sure at this point. Because Sony's been hacked before. And I've had a PlayStation account for uh, pretty much since they've had them. Yeah, I feel like I've gotten warnings before that, hey, you know, there's been a breach of such and such. Or like, hey, you know, this bank or website I use or whatever. I haven't had anything happen particularly. But I'm one of those people. I'm also like, cool, let me go update some stuff. Right. Just in case. The only thing I can think of that happened, there was one time I was taking a cash drop to the bank. And I usually like while I'm waiting, I just like check my info just to make sure everything's good before in case I need to talk to people at the bank about anything. And amusingly, the day before I'd seen a couple of movie tickets come off of my account. But what's weird is and this again, this is why you catch criminals because they're too greedy, right? Because the couple of tickets that came off, I didn't even think about it. I'm like, I just thought, oh, well, we went to the movies a few days ago. Maybe these just took a while to process or whatever. Because sometimes it happens. Like you buy stuff and it doesn't show up for three to five days or whatever. But then that morning, there was another like four purchases of tickets or whatever that came off. So immediately now I'm just like, okay, obviously something's going on. Right. So I went, told the bank about it. They're like, cool. They just refunded all the money and just gave me a new debit card or whatever. So it wasn't even a problem. But that was the only thing I can think of that happened. And I still, to this day, don't even know. Could have been from anywhere. Could have swiped it off a machine, whatever. It was kind of just in the middle of a nondescript news time. So, like, I don't know if somebody got hacked or not. But, yeah, that ended up not costing me anything. So I've been pretty lucky as far as that goes, as far as stolen this ID is, and data. I, I want to say at least their second. This might be the third time Sony's been hacked. But it's at least two. Yeah, and it's tough, too, because people ask, like, how does this happen? Right. Like, why can you not feel safe even with a tech company, you know, that you're affected with Sony is, you know, that you're, that you're giving your information to. And the truth is, it's a lot of back and forth. There's a like there's a lot of cops and robbers fighting behind the scenes that people just don't see. And it's a constant back and forth battle. And sometimes it's not even the network, you know, like we're talking about with the with the casinos getting hacked last week. In Vegas. Yeah, they just talked to somebody. Yeah, they found somebody on LinkedIn and talked to the right person, and that person gave them access because they they tricked them. Basically. Yeah, that's exactly it. They found enough information on one person, and then they went to the IT folks, basically gave all the information they needed to give and made it sound legit, and worked that person to give them a pass password update, 
And then they had access to the system. I mean, it didn't matter that they had literally state-of-the-art security because they didn't have to fight through the security. (laughs) Like, they just had somebody give them a key. So, you know, like, that happens. And and again, I don't think that's particularly anyone being bad at their job or, like, you're human. You know, they get you at the right time or say the right thing and your shields and defenses are down and there you go. That's all it takes. So now this one, I don't know how they got in. I didn't see the details. It sounds like it was just a straight up hacking of some kind, but I didn't have time to get all the details. I just figured it was more important to mention it and let people get in front of it uh, if they didn't know. But this brings up the dinner table. And boy, this uh, this is a thing. So we mentioned, first time we mentioned Kick on the show, I think was, man, probably about six months ago now, it feels like. It's been a while. But it's a new platform for those you need to be caught up in case you hadn't listened to other episodes or just don't remember. But they're a streaming platform. Effectively, if you go by the site, it looks like Twitch, but green. I mean, let's be honest. They kind of copied over all the code effectively. But their whole thing was hey, we're going to be a place where you can be more expressive and we're not going to be as restrictive and blah, 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 right? The things people always try to tell you to sell people to get you to come to their platform versus another one. You're going to make more money because we're going to do a 95-5 split or whatever it is or a 90-10, whatever the crazy thing is, right? Which still sounds ridiculous, but because they're backed by a gambling site and all this other stuff, whatever. Well, part of that is they are still trying to get people to come join the site. And there's a lot of people that keep being resistant because of some of the people that are the, some of the largest voices that get promoted and stuff on their website. One of those being Aiden Ross. Now you may have seen his name pop up on a few things across the internet on social media, usually not associated with good things. He's very much a, What's the best way to describe him? Like an, an troll. A, a little bit of a troll. I was gonna say aggressive dude, bro. Is is how his that also works. How his speech and mannerisms come across. <laughs> Bruh! Kind of, but but there's a lot of dog look, you know, or blah blah. You know, he, he uses a lot of that. And he seems to also run in groups with other people that are a bit problematic, you know. Every third, fourth word is is a cuss word or whatever, which I don't care about foul language, but just saying as far as people you're trying to brand and promote, probably not the best. But there's a video that came out over the last couple of days. I, it's not even a video. It's a clip from one of his streams. And uh, yeah, he kind of goes in complaining about leftists and blah, blah. So it already tells you where his head's at typical string of cussing and everything else. But then finishes with all y'all that feel that way should be hung from trees and doubles down on it. So he knows damn well what he said. Yeah. It wasn't like he said it in a rush and then went, my bad. I shouldn't have said it. Like he said it and doubled down on it immediately. I mean, he's somebody that, as you said, does provocative content. He knows exactly what he's. Oh yeah, he said it and then said, "Yeah, I said it." And blah blah blah, and I don't care. Yeah. But, you know, like okay, all right. So you know damn well what you're doing. And these are the types of things that suck because I want to be more part of that platform, but I also don't want my stuff showing up 
in ads or things or recommendations next to this person, you know? And it's just like, what do you do with that? And I think what they've chosen to do is that, you know, that they decide they're going to be the wild west, you know, do, do you do, you know, gambling and it's, and, and maybe you are endorsed or get endorsed by some shady people. That's fine. You want to say racist stuff, spread conspiracy theories. That's fine. Come on up. Yeah, man, it's tough. It's really tough. And I'm wondering how this is the stuff I look at, too. Like, how much more money would they be making if they just dealt with people like this? Because every person I saw share it, there's a whole string of people that already said, like, and this is exactly why I don't want to go use their website. You know, and it's active. And this is somebody who's on there multiple times a week and doing this thing. And just like. I think maybe uh, they're, they're going for they're going for the Fox News angle where hey we're gonna get the people that are aggressively terrible. You combine them with you know people that 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 don't care or think it's just a joke and and you have enough people to make a fair amount of money. I guess I it, it's just stunning me. Like you have somebody who literally just said they want to string people up from trees, and they didn't even give a damn. Like that's wild. Keep in mind, you know, that's the thing you could probably say in one of our political parties. People would say, that's not what he meant. You're reading too much into it. Sort that's of, where our. But when he immediately says right after that, yeah, I said it. You know what I mean? Like, he knows what he meant. <laughs> that's, that's where our discourse is in this country. That's just crazy. Like, it sucks, but that's where we are. Because I was even to the point that I'm like, you know what? Your political views are what they are. Like, you have a problem. You know, he's doing the whole typical leftist cancel culture, blah, blah, whatever. I'm like, yeah, sure. Fine. But then when you just like, like, and y'all should all be strung up from trees or whatever. I'm like, whoa, dog, really? Like, that's how we're going to end this rant? Like, I mean, when we're in a culture where leaders aren't punished for saying those things, who's going to punish a Twitch or a kick streamer? That's also true. Not kick, apparently. I mean, as much as I'd like to argue with you that there's a lot of places where those punishments will never come. Mm. So, yeah, that, that's at this thing. point. I think they're just they're playing the numbers. It's I don't think it's an accident. It's sadly, it's not a bug of kick. It's a feature. And don't get me wrong. Like I've said some like, hey, look, they're trying to do these things. I appreciate what they're doing here. Their customer service tries to do this. Like I've been trying to find positives to talk myself into using the platform. So I don't want to sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my face. Like they do have some positive elements that I've been trying to like, well, you know, maybe. And two things can be true. You can, you know, offer a good revenue split and still have terrible policies in terms of, you know, policing racism. But one of the reasons I haven't gone there is because this type of thing keeps popping up. And I'm just like, ah, man, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I get so close to being like, you know what? Let me try to set up a little multi-stream and do a thing. And then I'm like, yeah, maybe not this week. You know, so it's, it's tough. It's tough. I, and there's, I don't know, really. I mean, again, unless you're just going to dole out some punishments, I don't know how you're going to fix it. If the company's not going to go after it, it almost doesn't even do us any good to complain about it after a point. But if that's where people well, want to go, you know. That is what we do, though. We're the people that hey, say, hey, have you noticed this thing that's uh, mildly or in this case, extremely racist? Yeah, Somebody's extremely you know, racist. <laughs> so some of this. Yeah, I feel like we are recording it just for posterity when people look back at the, the 2020s and, and you're like, what that happened? Yeah. 
Yeah, that 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 was for real. That, that yeah, really dude just said it straight up and got no punishment. <laughs> for real. Talking about stringing up other viewers and, and creators or whatever that were complaining. Like, that's that's wild, man. It's crazy. And don't get me wrong. Like, I'm still in the middle of the Rumble experiment. And so I already, I'm already got one platform that's problematic that I'm trying to figure out. So, like, I I don't need to be on multiples and trying to fight battles from two directions. That's, that's just too much. But, man... I think that's where we're going to leave it for today. So why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? All right. I am Brian Sonic on Twitter. I'm going to call it Twitter until other people stop calling it Twitter and YouTube. You can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And man, this has been a wild week. I appreciate everybody that came out to the show, said hi, watches, listens, like just consumes everything. Like, because we don't get to do this without y'all. And please... Don't forget to leave those reviews and uh, comments because we appreciate that. But wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please remember to take care of yourselves and your family. Remember to be awesome. And most importantly, remember to be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate. Other patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base. 